If you're in the mood for an incredibly uplifting and inspiring story on the power of prayer and miracles, you are going to love today's episode. Betsy Micasel, the co-founder of Betty's and YouTuber with her husband, Gentry, share with me their crazy story of getting on a small airplane and crash landing and the miracles that followed after as her husband, Gentry, faced life or death circumstances and is still learning to walk again today. They share some very tender experiences in prayer and how this trial has changed their family and learning to truly treat every single day they're alive as a gift. Okay, I am here with my dear friend, Betsy, who is the founder of Betty's Betting, co-founder, and a good friend of mine and someone who I just love and respect so much. And I'm also here with her husband, Gentry, and we are all going to talk about kind of a really life-altering thing that happened to them. And so first of all, though, I'd love for you, Betsy, to before we get into the story, I'd love for you and Gentry to just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do. Thank you so much for having us on. We're excited to chat with you. I love your podcast and love you as a person. So I, I feel flattered that you asked us to be on the podcast. Um, so like you said, I am the co-founder of Betty's and that's basically been my life the last six and a half years, seven years, you know, just running this. So that's, that's, that's me. And I work for Betsy at work and at home. So <laughs> he's the boss in both places. So. He's lying. Well, that's awesome. I wish Neil were here. I actually was like, oh, you're going to love this story so much. I tried to talk him into doing the interview with me, but we didn't think of it in time to set up a second mic. But anyway, he's right there with you too. He does the same thing. We all, we it's fun to have friends who, you know, understand that dynamic of working together at home and in the business and everything. And I think you guys do that beautifully. So, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Grateful to have you guys on today. So, um, let's talk about what you guys were doing right before. Oh, and I wanted to ask you about your kids too. So you have, um, two boys and a girl. Yes. Yep. Twin boys that are 16. And then my daughter just turned 19. Awesome. And you guys all YouTube together too, right? Yeah. Or maybe not together separately. Well, together we have our the Mike Cell family channel and then we also okay. have um Brock and Boston have a channel and then Alyssa has a channel. Awesome. Okay. And they all just seem like such great kids, like super grounded and kind and respectful and wonderful teenagers. <laughs> well, they have their moments, but actually they are really good and it's been as crappy of an experience this is, it's been so amazing to watch their, the change in them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I think oftentimes um, something traumatic can really make kids mature really quickly. So I've kind of seen that a little bit too, just like your boys driving you around and taking care of you and stuff. It, that was really tender to see, but okay. Now we're giving too many spoilers. So let's, <laughs> um, let's go back to right before this happened and what you guys, you were like planning this trip and tell me all about kind of how it started. Okay. So we actually were going to Roosevelt. We, one of our friends, um, Brooklyn and Bailey, it was Brooklyn was doing a dating series in Utah. And mm -hmm. I had set up all the dates for, her, and one of the dates was out in Roosevelt. And so we drove down there as a family because my family loves Jasmine's family who lives out there. And so we were going to hang out with them during the day while Brooklyn was on the date and then just drive home that night. Um, while we were, 
Brooklyn, normally I was recording all of Brooklyn's dates, but they were going boating and they didn't have enough room on the boat. So one of the other people that were on the boat, they're like, I'll record. Don't worry. I'll get it all. So I just stayed back with my family at Jaslyn's house and we were just hanging out and talking and um, Shad had said, you know, this is a beautiful day outside. There will be no turbulence. We should go for a, a ride in the plane. And both Gentry and I are nervous Nellies with, we've never been in a small plane because we're scared mm-hmm. of everything like height. <laughs> I mean, you name it, we're scared of it. So we, we kind of joked like, uh, no, we'll stay on the ground. Thanks. And then, um, well, I actually didn't ever even dare to get on regular planes until I was forced to with working at Betty's and I had to travel and the first few times I cried the whole flight. And then I got to the point where I was like, I just got on the plane and like, I felt so like such a big girl. <laughs> like, yeah. I can do this by myself. <laughs> so I told Jen, I'm like, the only way we got over our fear of flying was to go and do it. And so I'm like, we just, maybe we should just do it so that we're not scared anymore. And so <laughs> Gentry's like, what did you say? You're like, I'd still rather go boating <laughs> or whatever. The plan was to go boating originally. And then <laughs> right. all of a sudden that got flipped when we saw the weather was so great. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we go and, and go to get on the plane. And just before that, I had done some stories on Instagram and I'm like, Hey, they want us to go on a plane ride. Should we do it or no? And I did yes or no. And everyone, well, the majority of people voted yes. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's a funny little side note here. My friend, Holly, um, she texted me as we were like taking off on the plane. And she said, I just saw your stories. Do not go on the plane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so anyways, and then, um, so actually it was so on the plane, I should say, so it was Shad and Jaslyn and Jaslyn is always in that co-pilot seat, but for some mm-hmm. reason, the very, they had, they've had two planes and she's never not ridden in that co-pilot seat, but Shad that day, Shad's like, Gentry, you're up here with me. And so Gentry's like, okay, you know, so he's up. And then, so it went Shad and Gentry, me and Jaslyn, and then my twin boys, Brock and Boston behind us, the very, mm-hmm. you know, in the back. So we, we, as we're up and going up in the air, um, I also got a text from my daughter's boyfriend's mom. And she's like, do not go <laughs> stay on the, le- stay on the ground. So, Aww. and, and then my, my younger sister said the same thing. She's like, Betsy, are you really going? Cause she knows how scared I am. And I'm like, yeah. Jennifer, do you have a bad feeling? And she's like, no, just don't make this a regular habit. Cause I'm like, Jennifer will know if Jennifer has a bad feeling, then I shouldn't go. <laughs> she's really spiritual. So it's like anything that Jennifer says, it's like, you just kind of go with it. Yeah. So when, she, oh my gosh, she goes, she's like, no, just don't make it a normal occurrence, which is funny. Cause she's the daredevil of the family. It should have been her on the plane. Not me, you know? So anyway, so so we're up there and it's beautiful. Like we're actually like enjoying it. Yeah. It was so it was once we got up there, it was we were just kind of gliding through and seeing the high UNAs and it was just gorgeous. Yeah. So we and as we come around um the bed, yeah, on the on the we were in the high UNAs and we just came around and we're coming up to moon lake. So it's right before, like you can see the lake. And in fact, Mm -hmm. Gentry was recording this whole thing for a YouTube video for our family channel. And, um, all of a sudden I hear Shad say something's wrong. I'm going to have to land. And Jaslyn hits Shad from behind. And she's like, Shad, don't say that, you know, cause Jaslyn's a nervous flyer anyway. And she thought mm-hmm. Shad was just joking around. Yeah. So she was like, don't, don't tease with these guys here. And he's like, I'm not joking. You guys, we're going to have to land. I'm losing power. So 
what had happened is we had a headwind when we came around and he was trying to give it some power and there was just he no power. And so, and you can see on the video, you can see the propeller stopping, but like your naked eye, you can't see it. So, oh my gosh. So when you watch the video back, you're like, oh, I can see where it was stalling out or the propeller stopped going. But when we were there, like we couldn't see that. So that it didn't really freak us out because we couldn't see that the propeller was stopping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we, we find out that we need to land before we even get to the lake. So we have to cross, I think they said it was eight miles Mm -hmm. with no power. And so, um, he's just trying to coast it over. So we, we got across the lake and he was landing on the side of the lake and he was planning on landing. There's a big area of sand. And so he was planning on landing there. And, and this is, I didn't find out till afterwards, but Shad said there was a voice. It was as if somebody slapped him across the face and said, do not land in the sand. You'll flip and kill the boys. So <gasps> oh my gosh. Land above that. And so the crazy thing is that I, I, there are so many things that happened just in line that, you know, somebody was looking out for you. So he knew he couldn't land on the sand. He went to go land in this. There's and I, I need to show some pictures or have, I, I don't know, but so you can see this, but there's literally just a tiny space before there's trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where he landed was right on the, on that, just above the sand. And because it was on an angle, the engine came in on Gentry and, um, and so that's why Gentry was the most injured of all of us. So the crazy thing is too, is Gentry recorded everything all the way up till the crash. Like you, you hear the crash and then the, then it stops recording because he was recording from his phone and it flew back and Gentry to this day, he's like, why did I record that? (laughs) Well, that's it. If I recorded that, I'd be like, well, weren't you in panic mode? But it was weird because our personalities are to freak out and be so Mm -hmm. scared. Like we thought we'd be yelling and screaming, but we just kind of felt it was an, it was an odd feeling. It was, it was almost, it was so calm. It was almost eerie how calm we were. Cause that's just not our personalities. So yeah. here on the video, Gentry's just said, be good. It's going to be okay. Be good. It's okay. And then you hear Shad say, it's okay, but it's going to be hard. And then we land and you can, and then the phone flipped back. And, and during that time when we were coming down the last 12 seconds, um, our son, Boston, started saying a prayer and same with Jaslyn. Yeah. They both started saying prayers. And I just, I just remember grabbing the headdress in front of me and just closing my eyes. Cause I didn't want to see us land. I, you know, yeah. and I yeah. think we thought we were landing, not crashing, you know, that was just in our mind. So anyways, after we crash, um, I came to pretty quick after, and I was apparently trying to climb over Jaslyn's seat to get to Gentry. And she's like, can't you get out the door? But, so I was, there was some confusion, you know? Yeah, so, I can imagine. So I got, out of the, I got out of the plane and then I ran around to Gentry's side. And as I'm, I'm trying to get my boys out too. And as I get Brock and Boston out, Brock's like, mom, here's my phone. I tried dialing 911, but there's no service. I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Just, just get out. I'm going to go get dad. So I go over to go grab Gentry and I'm feeling his pulse and I can't find a pulse and he's not breathing. And this is where I always cry. Um, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it. And I just started screaming to the people coming in. I'm like, I don't know if he's dead. 
I'm sorry. You know, like, I'm able to talk, but it's like, I think now it's, it's far enough away that I look back and it scares me, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just remember on my son was in the Nutty Putty Cave movie. And I remember them talking about how he died because he was upside down. So Gentry was kind of upside down, hanging out of the plane. And I'm just like, I got to get him up, you know, and I'm just yelling at him, breathe, breathe Gentry, you know? And then he started gurgling and then help came. And I'm like, I need help getting him out because I couldn't pull him out. And um, his legs were stuck in the plane because the engine had come in on him. And um, so Josh, who's, I met after, I mean, I, I met him afterwards. I didn't know him at the time. One of the guys that came to the, to once, the they saw the, once they saw the plane crash um, and I, and I look at the video because once we hit the ground, I, I woke up days later in the hospital. So I didn't, I, I don't remember any of it, but from the videos and things is we see all these people running towards this plane, all these people that are on the beach. And it's like, they're probably thinking I'm going to see something that's not very good, you know, but it, yeah. it really, it was amazing to, to see in the video, how many people just ran, was, was running towards the plane and the plane could have caught fire. There's a whole bunch of things that could have happened, but they, they didn't care because all those people around knew that we needed so much help. So what a blessing that that was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this guy, Josh is helping me hold Gentry. My son Brock is trying to rip glass to get my, to help get Gentry out. And I'm like, Brock, we're good. We, we got it, you know, and cause they, they were not wanting the kids to see Gentry, you know? And so he yeah. took off his shirt and he gave it to me. He's like, this is for dad, you know, for his bleeding. And, um, so then they went and they just kept asking everyone, is there anyone here who can give us a blessing? Just looking for somebody with the priesthood, you know, yeah. anyways, um, the, the crazy thing about where we landed is people were there. Um, immediately someone ran to the lodge to call 911. There were three ambulances doing a training. So normally for an ambulance to get out there, it's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And they were already out there and got there within like 15 minutes. Um, wow. and then the, the campers, were EMTs. Like, what are the odds, right? <laughs> so they knew the, they could, so Shad, the pilot, he immediately couldn't feel his legs. And so, but in order to get Gentry out, we had to get Shad out. And I was so panicked about the plane starting on fire. I'm like, we have to get him out. I don't care what you do. You have to get him out. So they ended up getting Shad out. There were enough men that came to help carry him out because they didn't want to hurt his back anymore, knowing he had a spinal cord injury. And then um, they were able to have enough manpower to somehow get Gentry out. And um, Gentry had an Apple watch on. And so we were watching his heart rate from there. Wow. We could see that his heart rate kept going up and, and the EMT knew that wasn't good. So by the time the ambulance got there, they put a blood pressure cuff on him and saw that his blood pressure was going down, which he was internally bleeding everywhere. He'd broken his femur in two spots, his tibula, tibia, fibula, um, his whole face, like he, you couldn't see there, it was just covered in, in blood. And, um, so they knew they needed to do something. So this EMT, if he hadn't been there and he hadn't given Gentry, he started an IV on him. And if that hadn't happened, 
Life flight wouldn't have gotten there quick enough. Gentry was literally saved by those people that were there. So there was a, a, a woman that came out and as we're just sitting around, I'm just holding Gentry's hand and he, I, I would ask him questions so he could answer questions, but he doesn't remember any of this. And um, this lady came up to me and she's like, who do I need to call? Who do I need to call? You know, and, and let them know. And I'm like, I need you to call my daughter. And um, I gave her her phone number and, and she called Alyssa, mm -hmm. but Alyssa didn't answer the phone because she didn't recognize the number. Right. So when um, she listened to the message, it said, your family's been in a plane crash. You need to call this number back and I can explain everything to you. Well, the, the message, when Alyssa heard that message, she's like, I don't know if my family's dead or alive, you know, but she said there was a voice. She's like, some, I felt as though somebody grabbed my shoulder and said, your dad's going to be okay. And that was such a huge thing because this whole time I never thought Gentry would be okay. Like I was there, I saw him, you know, and Alyssa's like the one that had the faith in the family. So my boys were looking for someone to give a blessing and um, they found this guy and he came and gave Gentry a blessing. And when he gave him the blessing, he said, you'll make a full recovery that you can go back and be a father and um, resume your, your normal life, whatever, something like that. And I remember listening to that and just being like, why would you say that? You don't understand the condition he's in. Why would you say that? And like, get my hopes up, you know? Yeah. And, um, this is also where I had to learn a lot of lessons. And, um, so flash forward, Gentry gets life lighted to, um, Utah Valley hospital. And they had told me that he would either be at um, the University of Utah or IMC. So by the time I got into service, I called Alyssa and I said, Alyssa, dad's going to be at IMC or U of U, go there. And she, she's like, okay. So she was on her way to IMC. And I think she was actually at IMC and she looked on fine friends and mm -hmm. saw that Gentry was at Utah Valley. And then as she's looking at it, it changes and goes back to Roosevelt. So what happened was fine friends tracked him to to Utah Valley. But then by the time we got into service with Gentry's phone, it was in Roosevelt. So she had that split second to find out where Gentry was and was able to get to the hospital um, in time to see him before he went into surgeries. And mm -hmm. um, there, the chaplain there, Alyssa said, I need you to, and this is where like my 18 year old daughter, like grew up more than me, you know? I think all of our kids that day, I think they, I think this was the biggest thing for our family as far as like how important prayer is and, and just the love that we, we needed at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she asked the chaplain, she's like, I need you to give my dad a blessing. And, um, I ended up finding out a few days later, I don't even know how much later it was when I met with the chaplain and he told me, he's like, do you know that your daughter asked me to give your husband a blessing? And I'm like, no, I didn't. She didn't tell me that. And he said, I just wanted to tell you what was said in the blessing. And it was very similar to the, to the blessing that the guy had given him at the accident. And he said, there are angels with you now and will continue to be with you through surgery 
as you go through your recovery, you know, and the, the angels will be there to help guide and direct the doctors. And I just feel like hearing that I was, it was so crazy to me that they would say the same thing, you know, and I still two blessings later, still, I'm not sure if that's going to be true. Um, anyways, so flash forward and Gentry has had his femur in two spots, tibia fibula. He lost his teeth. He, his whole side of his face, um, his eye had to have two surgeries, um, cuts in his head and his scalp. I'm just, broken ribs. What, what did you not break actually? <laughs> I didn't oh get his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. His art and which he needed to do to help move him, you know, during recovery anyways. So he went from, Oh, and he had to have 10 blood transfusions. Oh my gosh. And that will just give you an idea of how, how injured he was. And yeah. as I'm talking to you today, he can walk like he has, he broke his back in three places with a spinal cord injury at T12. That's not normal to be where he's at, you know? Right. So, through all of this, I would be so worried and I would be crying and I would tell my kids, I was so worried, you know, that's like the worst parent thing to tell your kids, <laughs> you know, but I think I was in such a terrible place that I didn't think of like protecting my kids from my fears, but my kids were the ones who, helped me. They're like, mom, dad's going to be okay. I already know, you know, like they had the faith and it's like their faith that got me through. So anyway, so that's where we are now. Wow. I mean, what an incredible story. It's really, really just so many miracles. I'm, it's really, really amazing to me to just hear all of that come together. And I didn't know too, that there was a video is that, did you guys put that on your YouTube? We'll have to link to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, the whole, okay. you know, and you see in the beginning, like people are like, Oh my gosh, you knew that you were going to get in a crash. I'm like, no, no, no. We had no idea. We're cause we're nervous in the video. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. That's like us on everything. We're, we're like, that's <laughs> going to go fast in a car. I mean, we're just right. Yeah. So anyways, so no, we didn't have, and, and since then we've a number of times asked our kids and we're like, did anyone have a bad feeling? And nobody did. You know how you say like, oh, you have that feeling that something's going to happen. And none of mm -hmm. us did. We were nervous because we're always nervous, but none of us had that, like, don't do it feeling. And the mm -hmm. truth is, I think that like, I hope we learned whatever lesson we needed to, because I never want to go through that ever again, but it changed us. Like it changed yeah. our relationship with each other, with our kids, um, just some random things. Like I remember one day Brock was cleaning up dishes again. I'm like, Brock, thank you so much for doing this. I didn't even, I didn't even have to ask you. It's like, you're starting to notice when things need to be cleaned up. He goes, well, mom, I've always noticed, but I just figured you need the help now. <laughs> so, but it was cute because they became more aware of me and my feelings and, and it's like, normally when I would be upset about something, Gentry would always rub my back. Well, Gentry's not there. And my kids would see me on the phone with the doctor and I start crying or whatever. They run over and just rub my back. Like my kids. They were pretty amazing. They, they are, you know, they grew up and they, but they got to see miracles happen. And, and Gentry and I have said, we're like, gosh, what, where would we be now if we'd had that experience as 16 or 18 year old, you know, to see miracles take place, you know? 
Yeah, pretty incredible faith-building experiences for sure. I just wanted to touch on priesthood blessings because you brought that up and um, it's something that maybe not all of our listeners might understand, but basically, and you guys can chime in if you have any other additional thoughts, but um, we believe that God's power um, can be, that we can access that through people who are holders of the priesthood, which is what we believe is the power to be able to act in God's name and, and give special blessings of healing or comfort. And it's something that has definitely blessed my life in so many different situations where I've been, you know, going into, like you said, you know, going, like I've had Neil give me a priesthood blessing before having babies, or if I've been really sick, or even just, I remember right before I had Harry and the pandemic was happening. And by the way, we need to talk about that too, with your story. But, um, you know, that I was so stressed about having a baby during the pandemic. And my parents were in Spain where, where coronavirus was just exploding. And I, I was so worried and so stressed and my anxiety was just going through the roof. And Neil gave me a beautiful priesthood blessing that just totally calmed me and gave me a lot of answers and a lot of comfort that I really needed at that time. So, um, is there anything that, that you guys want to add about, um, since you brought that up a couple of times and I thought that was such a great way to just explain what that is. And then, yeah, I'm so glad you, you explained it that way. I think that was perfect. And I know we have family who's aren't members of our same church either. And, you know, they'll think, well, wait, why do you think that this blessing is going to be better than anything we can do or whatever, you know? And, and at the end of the day too, I also think that these blessings are what give you hope, you know, Mm -hmm. it's whether, no matter what you believe, what religion you are at the end of the day, like, that's really what we all want, right. Is like something to hope and to have faith in, which is what I needed to learn. I know like when I've gone through this is another random thing, but when my, I was having my twins and they had so many complications, I remember thinking it doesn't matter how good the doctors are. It doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, like heavenly father decides what happens, you know, and so just having a blessing and having that comfort, it gives you comfort. It gives you hope. And that's just what, what helped me, you know, through all of this. And even just, just having, you know, you're left at like, okay, I'm like hoping the doctors know how to, to give him what he needs. I'm hoping he doesn't get infections from all the surgeries. I'm hoping all these things. And, and you're sitting there just not able to do anything because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not. And all I can do is just pray. And that praying gives me hope. And it, it calms me because it's like, at least there's something I can, it's that one thing I can do. I wonder if you could also talk about prayer because I remember feeling like I was following along with this story and following along with everything you guys were going through. And I loved that you were calling upon your Instagram family and your your community to pray and pray for your family and pray for Gentry. So talk to me about prayer and how that played such a big role in what you guys went through. I'm going to let Gentry, Gentry has a good, look, you, you share. Well, before all this, I wasn't like a big prayer and I know that's probably not good, but I just, I didn't really do it. I didn't do it regularly. 
it was really random. Like every, every, you know, month or I don't, I would just, I just wouldn't do it. I would just go through the motions and I didn't really care much or, or think about um, saying daily prayers or anything like that. But yeah, I've had, I've been there too. No judgment. I totally understand. So I didn't understand. Um, I didn't really have um, really a, a good, I guess, testimony of prayer, but I remember days later when I woke up in the hospital and I didn't know where I was. And I was just in, I was in so much, I was in more pain than I've ever felt in my life. And it was, I was like a dark room and I was just scared. And I, and I thought, well, is this it? Uh, am I going to die? And at that point, the only thing that you can do because you can't do anything for yourself is pray. And I remember saying the most heartfelt prayer that I've ever said and just asking for help. And I asked for other things too, but it was, it was one of those moments where you're just like, you feel like you just need somebody because you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I got done saying the prayer, I felt, I know this is going to sound so bizarre, but I felt other people's prayers that they have been saying for me. I know that sounds so, so crazy, but I felt almost as if they were coming into my chest and I felt somebody by me. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was a nurse. I was, you know, I don't know if it was a nurse. I don't know who it was, but whoever was, was there, I felt comfort. And, um, I just remember at that point thinking that I'm going to be okay. Like those prayers coming in and, and for all those people that have prayed for us, or I just felt it so strongly that, um, that, you know, I was, I wasn't going to die at that moment. And it was such a, it was such a a game changer for me. And from that point on, obviously I, I pray every, every chance I get now, because I know how important prayer is and to have somebody by your side. And I think our kids also learn um, how important prayer is, you know, because we weren't very good at doing that, you know, before. Well, I remember the next day the doctor called me and said, we want to do the surgery on his spine, but he's got a lot of blood on his brain or he's bleeding on his brain from his traumatic brain injury. And, um, he said, if there's, if there's more than there was yesterday, we're going to have to wait to do the surgery. And my, my whole neighborhood and all the members of our church that are around us, um, they decided to do a fast and prayer for Gentry. And that next morning when he went in to have his brain checked or scanned or whatever, they said all of the bleeding was gone and they were able to do the surgery. So all at chance or whatever. But I feel that it was like, it was all those prayers that people were saying on Gentry's behalf, you know? Yeah. I mean, these this is so amazing to hear this and just really beautiful to hear you guys just talk about your testimonies and witness of the power of prayer. And I have to say too, Gentry, I, I, it's a little bit of a similar feeling when I think back to when I learned of the power of collective prayer. And that really was when, um, my brother-in-law passed away two years ago. And before that, when people would say like, Oh, pray for whatever, like if a, 
tragedy happened in a community halfway around the world, or if something, you know, that was completely out of my control that was happening, that was bad. And people would say, pray for whatever. Like I remember something happened in Paris. There was like a bombing in Paris and people were putting on Instagram, pray for Paris. And I remember thinking, is that really going to make a difference? (laughs) Which I believe in the power of prayer, but it just, I had never had an experience like that before where I could feel the receiving on the receiving end of collective prayers until uh, my brother-in-law went missing. And then we found out he had passed away and it was just such a dark and difficult time for our family. But it was also one of the most strengthening times for my faith, because I really learned that power of collective prayer. Like you're saying, I felt those prayers from people praying on our behalf that we would feel comforted and we would feel peace and that we would, yeah, just, I, I felt that. And then I also felt the absence of it when it kind of went away after a while. And so I know it's real. So when you're saying you could feel people's prayers come into your chest, like that doesn't sound weird to me at all. That sounds like an even better explanation of what I feel like I learned too through a traumatic experience. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And um, and I think it's such a gift that you guys are willing and open to sharing these experiences so that other people can gain hope and, and faith through, you know, what you've been through. You know, what's another thing that's really cool is that is every religion, like, I don't care what religion you are, but everyone from all different religions were praying. Mm-hmm. So that, cool. that is such a, a, I don't even know the words to describe it, but such an awesome thing that it's like, we can all like, there's so much division and so much scariness and fear and going on with the world right now. But this Mm -hmm. was one time in my most scary moment that I felt everyone coming together for the same purpose. And they were all praying for Gentry. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unifying to feel people come together in faith. I love that too. And of all faiths, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just the faith that, that prayer works and that yes. God yeah. is real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you guys talk to me about any other miracles that have happened since then? Because I know you've had, I know you've had many, but um, specifically maybe even we can just go back to, you said Gentry, um, it's not it's not like a normal outcome that he would be walking after his injuries. Yeah. Well, um, so where the, where his injury is, is T12. And, um, I, I remember him at NeuroWorks, which is the rehab center that he's, he goes to here. And the, the therapist is watching him walk. He, he's, they have so many cool things there. Um, but this particular machine was, it carried all of his weight. Like it's, a vest that kind of, kind of strap. I'm trying to think of how to explain it that straps under him, but it's, it's essentially, he's hanging from the ceiling with that, a chest strap kind of thing. Is that chest strap, leg strap? So you can, so it will lift you up. So you can still, it will lift your whole body weight, but you can still walk and learn how to walk again. And then they can, yeah. And they can adjust the amount of weight. So you can, cause for a long time, he was only able to do like 50% of his body weight and that, you know, So they were able to take that off. And while she's walking, I'm recording. And she turned to me and she said, this is not a normal T12 injury. Do you see how he's lifting his foot? And, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. I just know I'm like crying, watching my husband learn to walk again. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there, there, I, it's like, 
I need to write everything down because I'm terrible when you, when someone's like, so what happened? It's like, oh yeah. It's like, I need to be reminded of all these different things, but no, you're not terrible. I think it's remarkable how much you guys have remembered and, yep. and can still draw exact memories of what happened. Yeah. The fact that we made it across the water is a miracle. The may, the fact that we didn't land in the sand and that Shad knew to land where he did is another miracle. Shad didn't get knocked out and was able to turn off the yeah, the gas was. he woke up and immediately turned off. Like he, he took care of everything because, you know, most oh. planes start on fire. Um, the, the fact that the ambulances were three ambulances were out there doing a training and that EMTs were camping there, that there was somebody that saw the plane coming down and they ran to the lodge to call 911 so that the life flight could be on its way. Um, Gentry wouldn't have he he wouldn't have lived even with life flight because he was bleeding so badly everywhere. And the doctors who, who saw him, they, the one doctor with his spine, he's like, yeah, we had to hurry in and out because he was bleeding so bad. You know, it's like they can, they have to do barely enough just to get him by, but not let him bleed to death during surgery. So wow. just so many, the fact that there were still enough campers out there to carry these guys out of the plane. Cause my strength and my kids' strength couldn't have pulled them out. Yeah. So there were, it, I don't know. And, and the thing is, is, is like, when you feel the miracle yourself, it's, it's amazing. But somebody tagged me on Instagram and it was a, a woman who was at the accident. Um, she, she did a, a Instagram post and I should read it just so you can hear what her take was because when you're, um, you're experiencing it yourself, you don't know what everyone else hears, sees, or thinks, right? Mm -hmm. Can I read that? Yes, oh. I would love it. So this is what she wrote. This is where we were playing when we saw the plane crash. I remember heading over, not sure where they were or what I was going to find. As I came over the sand hill with the plane in view, a few people crowding its doors and others huddled on the ground nearby, I prayed. I prayed for them. I prayed for angels to be with them. And in that moment of, of that thought, as though an overwhelming reassurance, I felt a flood of peace. I knew that angels were there. While Jake and his brothers helped pull the men from the plane as it was leaking fuel, I offered what comfort I could to the three on the ground. As time went on, more people came to help so many people. And I marveled at it all, how they all survived, how there were so many miracles. They had just flown over the Uinta Mountains and somehow they landed here, close to help. Their engine cut out while over the lake. 12 seconds separated them from the ground, but peace held back their panic as the pilot skillfully weighed his options and prepared for crash landing. Had engine trouble set in just 45 seconds before that, they believed they wouldn't have made it. Running with some of the first into the scene were campers preparing to check out, an EMT and a paramedic. They arrived just when they were needed. They knew what to do and directed the others. Their arrival wasn't coincidence. As I sat in the dry field with some of the passengers and others, I marveled gratefully that in its crashing and leaking in the heat of the day, the plane and the field didn't catch on fire. The stories of us will someday run together to witness of all the miracles, but for now I can witness I felt heaven there that day. The sight of the crash felt like sacred ground. I felt it so profoundly. As the paramedics arrived and cared for the injured, I walked by one of the men, quiet and still, his face and legs covered in bandages and support. All I could do 
was pray. I prayed over him and I prayed over the others. And again, in powerful reassurance, I felt a flood of peace An overwhelming love. It stayed with me while I was there, grounding me in the assurance that God was with them. Heaven's help was there. And that was just so cool for me to read somebody else who felt how I felt. Yeah. You know, so I beautifully written and just, it really is so cool to hear another Testament of the miracles and the, I loved how she said to it was sacred ground, right? Is that what she said? Yeah. Like, and that heaven was there, heaven was close or something. Uh-huh. Just beautiful, really beautiful words. Um, well, I have one last question for you and for Gentry. Yeah. And it's a question I ask everyone at the end of um, this podcast. So if there's one message that you want the people listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? If you feel like all is lost or scared, pray. It will give you that, it gives you that hope, you know, gives you comfort. And that is a completely different answer than I ever would have said six months ago. It's changes. Uh It's changes. The other thing that I would note is um, if we, you know, people ask us like, oh man, sorry that happened to you. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, we we're going through a lot of stuff and there's some good days and there's some bad days, but at the end of all of this, we feel extremely grateful. I know that sounds so bizarre, but we we are so grateful to go through this because mm-hmm. it changes us as people. Um, the way we look at the world and the way we look at um, the small things have just changed. And 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 I think our our kids feel super grateful for what they have, and we feel grateful for what we have. It, We're grateful for every day that we get, and and, and we've we always been grateful for every day we got, but now realizing it was so close to not having. Yeah. Now it's more real. Uh huh. Yeah. Gosh, beautiful answers, you guys. And just what an incredible, incredible, just super powerful and inspiring story of faith and of miracles and the power of prayer. And I'm so grateful that you guys shared this with us today. So where can people find you guys if they want to follow along more with your family and with what you guys are up to and see Gentry's continued recovery from this. So I probably update the most. Um, my Instagram is Betsy Mike, so it's E-T-S-Y M-I-K-E-S-E-L-L. Okay. I swear the hardest name, but easiest name is not. And um, we are the Mike Sell family on YouTube. And and that's where we should maybe link the um, YouTube video so you can see. Yeah, I'd love to. I'll for sure add it to the show notes and all the links to everything you guys are doing and Betty's, which we love so much. So anyway, thank you guys so much for this gift and for taking the time to share this really tender story with us. I appreciate it so much. We really appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.